Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Joshua Culp and we're learning today Daf Kaf Bet, uh, page 22 of Masachet Moed Katan. Uh, we're going to pay attention to the end of the first page and the beginning of Daf Kaf Bet Amud Bet, the second page, specifically to the series of rules where the Gemara consistently says, for all... Um, Dead people, meaning for someone dies, a close relative dies, you do this. But if your father or your mother die, you do something even more stringent. For instance, uh, 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 let me give you a good example. For all, for all the dead people, for all Kolame team, all dead relatives, all Kolame team, Kuran, Mistaper, Lachash Lashim Yom, one, Cuts his hair after thirty days. For father and mother, you shouldn't do that until your friends start saying, "New, when are you going to cut your hair?" Uh, I'll, now, the one I wanted to concentrate on on is something that still has a lot of practical applications and is very, very difficult for people to observe, and that's the issue of going to a simcha within thirty days, twelve months of a close relative's death. Again. This is not the framework for issuing rules of issuing halachic rulings. I don't really consider this uh, my tafkid, my role in this podcast. But I would like to at least teach you the gemaras that introduce this issue. Al kol hametim kuran nichnas lebeta misbeta simcha leachar shloshim yom. So for all dead relatives, meaning brother, sister, even child, right, you can enter a house of rejoicing. Probably the most likely um, framework for the Beit HaSimcha is a wedding feast. After 30 days. However, somebody who is mourning the loss of a father or mother, you have to wait a full 12 months. Uh, interestingly enough, there are some Rishonim who say the fact that it says 12 months and not a year means that if it's a leap year, which happens not all that infrequently in Jewish law, you still only have to wait 12 months. You don't wait an entire year. Now, here's where the Gemara gets a little tricky. Amar Rabba Bar Barchana Ulesimchat Mereut. So he just says those two words. Uh, Rabba Bar Barchana says, for a simcha of friendship. Now, what exactly he refers to, what he's... Um, limiting how he limits the previous halacha is a point of contention among Rishoni. So the way Rashi reads it, right, first of all, let's talk about what is a simcha meriut. This is uh, uh, something that commonly explained according to the rest of the Gemara, that uh, it was sort of like, I make a meal for you, and you make a meal for me. In my community, I think in a lot of religious communities, this is sort of the informal way that Shabbat meals work. 
I invite you, and someday, we don't keep formal tabs of this, but someday you're going to invite me. Uh, it may happen occasionally that I invite you twice in a row and you haven't invited me, but if that happens too often, uh, you know, the debt has to be paid off. And uh, my wife and I, we both do this. We may say, look, we had so-and-so, or so-and-so had us. It's our turn to invite them. Okay, that seems to be what Simchat Meiriut is, although it was more formal, and Lavdafkim for Shabbat, not specifically for Shabbat. It seemed to have been a formal way. Look, it might have been difficult to cook back then. So, especially uh, if you're cooking utensils, we don't all have cooking utensils, we have to start a fire. It's a little bit of a waste. Let's, you come to me this Tuesday, and I'll come to you next Tuesday, something like that. Now, what exactly he was referring to is a little bit complicated. According to Rashi, when the Brita says uh, that it was permitted for an Avel uh, who's mourning not for his father and mother to go into a Beit Simcha, into a rejoicing festival, rejoicing meal after 30 days, that was specifically for a Simchat Meriut, for this lesser festival, which isn't such a, a great occasion, this lesser rejoicing meal. But for a real Sudat Simcha, for instance, a wedding, that's forbidden even after 30 days, according to Rashi's reading of this. Now, according to other Rishonim, they read this the exact opposite way. They say the prohibition of going into a, sim, uh, a Simcha meal was only for a Simchat Meriut, because, you know, this is something we can all forego. It's not such a big deal. But for a Suda of Simcha, of Nisuin, then it's permitted to go in even immediately. Right? Even during the Shiva, uh, you can go because there's a mitzvah involved. There's no mitzvah to just have a meal at somebody else's house. But there is a mitzvah to go and rejoice with the Chatan and the Kala, the bride and the groom. So therefore, that would override the mitzvah of Averut. Right? Those are two different ways. Rashi's way, as you can immediately sense, is much more Machmir is much more stringent that you can go to a Simchat Meriut after 30 days, but for a Simcha of Nisuin, not even after 30 days. So now the Gemara raises a Kasher. Simcha, For a Simcha and for Meriut, for this rejoicing shared, you pay, you cook for me, I cook for you type of meal, 30 days. And the fact that it says both for this and for that, implies that uh, both of them are 30 days and there's no special leniency for the Meirayut or is there a special leniency according to the other reason reading for a Simcha for a, um, a real Simcha such as Nisuin such as a wedding and the Gemara over here says Kasha this is indeed a difficulty it doesn't, uh, doesn't resolve it so now we get a different version of this statement. Uh, now, I, there's a, another reading in the manuscripts that I have sort of skipped over here. Um, I don't want to uh, go into that because it doesn't really materially change the Gemara. Ameymar matne hachi. Ameymar, a later Amora, teaches this in the following way. A different version. Amar Rabba bar barchana, simchat miriut mutarlo. Mutar altar. For a simcha of meriut, this fellowship meal, if you want to call it, he can go in immediately. Whereas for a real simcha, right, he'd have to wait a little bit longer. 
Vahatanyas, the Gemara says, how can that be? Lesimcha shloshim u'meriut shloshim. You have to wait for simcha 30 days and for meriut, this fellowship meal, 30 days. Lokasha, the Gemara answers, this is no difficulty. Ha arisuta, ha anuta. So when you're hosting somebody for the first time, the law is a little bit more strict. And therefore, you have to wait a full 30 days. But if you have to pay somebody back by rehosting them, that you can even do within the 30 days. Now, again, this all applies only to other relatives. When it comes to your own father and mother, the Gemara retains the stringency of having to wait for 12 months. And this is where the custom comes to this day not to have a... Um, to go into a wedding feast for a full 12 months after your father or your mother die. Uh, the Rishonim talk about issues such as um, the Brit Milah, right? That's another very, very common uh, fest uh, festive meal that the person would probably have to eat quite frequently, especially of his own child. Right, if people are fathers or mothers are often dying at the same time that a person is having their own kids, so you can imagine that it wouldn't be all that uncommon, unfortunately, for a ch uh, a parent to have a kid during the same year where his mother or his father died. So, for instance, the Ramban Nachmanides said you can go into a Beit Hamila, not only your own Beit Hamila, right, house to celebrate a circumcision, <coughs> excuse me, but even somebody else's. Um, uh, Hiti Rabbeinu Yitzchak also allowed you to go into, uh, a Beit Hamila after seven days. Even if your father or mother died, because a, a su the reason they justified this was that a Suda of a Brit Mila, the meal to celebrate a, me a Brit Mila, it's not such a great simcha. And here I like the justification. Why is it not such a great simcha for a Brit Mila? Because there's Tsara Liyanoka. There's pain. One of the people there is at least suffering. And that is the child. So uh, I'm not going to get into all of the halachot, as I said over here. But other Rishonim allow you to go into a feast to celebrate a Pidyon Haben. Um, you're even allowed to eat there, even within the seven days. Uh, as long as you had, don't leave your house. So you might have to host this in your own house, but there's an additional Esau prohibition of leaving your house. So if you want to participate in a meal, you may have to do it at home. Um, and, uh, there's other customs to be machmir, not to participate in any kind of suda, even if it's not a suda, a feast of such great simcha. But, um, the most we shown him say that that is going a little bit too far, and there's no prohibition unless it's a real simcha of nisuin. And in that case, uh, there's a big debate among the Rishonim and even Achronim. What if you go there and you don't eat anything? Uh, is that considered participating in the Suda? And I think most of them say that it is because there's uh, music and there's true simcha going over there, going on in such a place, even if you're not eating. So I realize it's a little bit of a complicated issue. I haven't given you any um, clear advice. Um, it is a situation that many people will face. Um, and uh, like most situations, I think you have to look at it on an individual basis and uh, sometimes make very difficult decisions and say, look, I'm going to sacrifice going to this simcha because I want to show the respect for my father or for my mother. Uh, when it's your own child, I think it's a very, very difficult decision and I'm not going to say one way or the other, but at least I wanted to bring up where it comes in in the Gemara. I think it's a little interesting, this simcha meriut that they seem to have had back then, this you 
cook for me, I cook for you type of arrangement that still to this day is very much existent in our communities, especially with Shabbat. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.